Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with the Daily VR Investing Podcast. Hope everybody has a good day today, a good start to your week. Let me just uh, pull up one last chart here. I apologize. Got a lot to talk about here. I want to get it all right today. Some really interesting things happening here. Again, uh, we just got back from four days in Wyoming uh, with a, a very exciting oil and gas project we're working on. And uh, it's called the uh, Lost Soldier Wild Mustang Federal Unit. 24,000 acres. It's taken these guys two to three decades plus to put this this size of a project together. They've got their blood, sweat, and tears on it. They've been in, again, almost some, one person, th- 37 years. Everybody else, two to three decades. And uh, we were invited into it because of uh, some long friendships I have with some oil and gas uh, uh, legends, really. Honestly, uh, the guy that invented fracking, the first guy to do fracking, Ultra Petroleum, Mark Brunner, old friend of mine. Anyway, it was a great trip. I obviously got to go with Tyler, which made it uh, even more special. And uh, for everybody that's listening here today that's a VRA subscriber, well, you already know what we're talking about. Most of you are already investing and we've got a little more time left. We, the deep drilling doesn't start until the end of, uh, what we're looking at, end of September, essentially, uh, third, third week of September, if I got my dates right. And then it won't take but about, no, that's, that's not quite right. It, it, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is we're all going to be, it take about a month once the drilling starts. We're going to be meeting there in Wyoming to, um, <clears throat> to get down when we start getting to the to, to interesting depth levels where all the foundation formations are that, that we're targeting from 7,500 feet down to 14,000 feet. Again, this is about set, about 90 miles out of uh, Casper, Wyoming. Just beautiful, beautiful country. Wild mustangs on the property, trout fishing on the property, uh, uh, surrounded by massive production. 400 million barrels of oil have already been found in the immediately surrounding acreage that we're drilling on, which is virgin territory. This is, uh, it is almost too good to be true, uh, but, uh, but, but it is true. And so anyway, it's been, it's been a great last four days. Um, this is kind of a, a highlight for, you know, for, for a lot of our career, things we've, we've all been working on for a long time. Uh, not just not not just plays, but relationships, you know, and the ability to to work with people you really like and love, and to build something, you know, and that's what this country is all about. It's about building things that last and stand the test of time. That certainly applies to oil and gas investing, to building businesses, to being a real red pilled American patriot, which is why I remain so incredibly bullish about our future, folks. We may be surrounded by idiots, okay, that seem to have a lot of power. That's an illusion. We outnumber these idiots. It's almost infinitesimal. You almost can't calculate it. Uh, and uh, all, all I have to think is that this red pilling is happening for a reason, because it is happening, and good defeats evil, and it's happening right before our eyes. They're losing left and right. It's going to happen. I don't buy into this nonsense, nonsense about the midterms. I kind of understand it from a, a psychology point of view. Look, you don't want, you don't want patriots right, overconfident and not showing up to vote because we know they're going to try to rig it and cheat, right? So, <clears throat> you know what? I, I'm, I'm fine with them saying we may not take the Senate back while we should take the House. I want everybody thinking we're going to lose both. So we get out and, and, and win both in landslides and really take this country back. Can you imagine how amazing America is going to be? Think about 2016 with Trump as president, but now think about it with so many of these uh, uh, you know, uh, uniparty members gone from D.C., 
right? Replaced by true patriots that took the job because they love America. That's the America I'm excited about. And it just happens to dovetail with drilling oil and gas wells in Wyoming, which is a patriot state through and through. And by the way, every single person we talked to there was still beaming because they got rid of Liz Cheney. Not only are they happy they got rid of her from public office, right? There are now no Cheneys in office, no Bushes in office, no Clintons in office, right? They're all gone. The Rumsfelds, all these, uh, these, uh, these uh, warmongers are gone. Now they're trying to run the Cheneys out of Wyoming itself, and they think they're going to do it. They are so hated. Anyway, it's just, it was an amazing, as you can tell, it was an amazing trip. <laughs> all right, let's get to the markets, folks. Uh, again, you know, Friday was ugly, right? We had a thousand point down day <clears throat> on the backs of the, uh, just across the state from where we were in Casper and ja- Jackson, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, they were having, of course, the, uh, the, the annual uh, confab there, which by the way, they, if you're ever wondering, why do they have that in Jackson, Wyoming? Well, it's because Paul Volcker, who was the Fed chair at the time, wouldn't travel anywhere unless it was to do trout fishing. And guess what's great in Wyoming? Trout fishing. Hence the birth of the annual confab in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, and this, of course, still happens to this day. Uh, a lot of great trout fishing there. Again, as I said a minute ago, even on our property, a lot of trout, trout being uh, caught there with worms, just worms. Uh, so uh, we didn't get a chance to fish. We will next time. Um, but anyway, you know, the market tanked because every all of a sudden, you know, here we go again with uh, uh, I, my name is Jay Powell. And trust me when I tell you, I'm dead serious about fighting inflation. <laughs> Okay, I, I, I've done this way too long, okay, to buy into this nonsense. I'm not saying that they aren't serious about fighting inflation. I'm saying that they created the inflation. What are they talking about? They're the reason it exists. My goodness, how frustrating, right? The ultimate gaslighting, the ultimate gaslighting. We have to, get, we have, to have a lot of people lose their jobs in America to deal with the inflation that we created, but they'll never admit it, Okay. Folks, the Federal Reserve, Ron Paul's been right forever. End the Fed. End the Fed, okay? Uh, part of making America great again has to include that, does it not? But anyway, do I believe uh, Jay Powell? I believe that he believes that he's going to keep raising rates aggressively. But as I reminded everybody this morning, as I tend to do here on these podcasts with you, the Fed's only made, Jay Powell, <clears throat> as Fed chair, has only made four serious policy errors in the in last six years, okay? Do I think this is one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why do I think that? Let's see. What were they saying a year ago, folks? A year ago, they were saying that inflation was what? Transitory. That was one year ago, folks. That word has disappeared, right? And now they're trying to convince us that they're going to keep hiking rates up. In the face of a seriously declining economy, economic growth is 1% at best. And yeah, we probably are going to have a recession next year. So unless they're intentionally trying to crash the system, and I don't believe they are. I don't believe they are. I know that that, that there are people that believe that. Um, I I just don't believe it. I believe the pandemic was certainly an attempt to rob us of our constitutional rights and to force so many people to take these Oh, these uh, these poison jabs, okay? It's just so sad. Uh, I believe that. I know that. I saw that. I believe they rigged the election. But when it comes to money, it's a different story because the wealthiest investors in the stock market are the elite. The wealthiest people that own debt and sell debt and are involved in the debt markets are the elite. 
the wealthiest homeowner, homeowners and real estate owners among us are the elite, right? It's like the climate change thing. They just aren't going to hurt themselves. So I, that's against, it goes against their better interest. Now, if you tell me that one by one we're learning all the wealthiest of the wealthy are selling off all their assets, then I have a different tune. But they're not. They're buying, folks. The smart money is buying. And I know that because we're watching a psychological operation to, to, to spread to these fear mongers, which is all we see now. Everybody's bearish, right? All the smart money is bearish. Zero hedge, every article, bearish. It's just bear, 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 bear. All these negative websites, there's a thousand of them. You get the emails like I do. That's the psychological, I'm convinced of it. I've done this long enough. It's a psyop designed to keep, keep good people out of the markets so they can buy cheap. And if you don't believe it, if you think that sounds too um, far-fetched, then I'm sorry. But in today's world, that means you're naive. That means you're naive. I'm sorry. Only conspiracy theorists have been right the last 20 years. I'm proud to be a conspiracy theorist because they're really conspiracy facts. So I do think we're going to see the markets turn. I do think that today was interesting. I'm going to tell you about what is happening here in the next few days. It's very compelling looking with golden crosses coming out of nowhere all of a sudden. And some interesting buy signals. I'll tell you what we're looking for real quick. Dow Jones down 184. Took me all this time to get into the markets. My apologies. Dow Jones down 184 at 30,098. It's down half percent. Same thing really. SP 100 down 27 points, six tenths of one percent. Russ 2000 down nine tenths of one percent. Our loser debt Nasdaq down one percent. But what we're keen off of, and if you've listened to us, follow us long enough, you know this already. Semiconductors. Semis down. So we're down today 1.9 percent, folks. They were down 5.5% on Friday. Okay, This is not the sign of a bottom. It's not the sign of a bottom. It's just not. Does that mean I'm bearish? No. It means that I'm waiting for the ideal time to start aggressively adding to a position. We've already got our positions in place. We started buying in late May, early June. We've got great new positions in place. We've dollar-cost averaged into the ones we want to hold for the long term. We brought, bought some new ETFs. We've got great growth stocks, especially our 10-baggers, okay, with this oil and gas company is going to be one of them when we take it public. Uh, that's about three years down the road. And um, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of fun things to look forward to, folks. But um, until the semis turn, we can't make that aggressive recommendation. They look like they wanted to turn today, but they wound up closing down 1.9%. Again, that is what almost 7.5% in two days for the semis. That is not good. That needs to change. Um, maybe tomorrow. Turnaround Tuesday used to be a real thing, and I do think we're about to get the turn. I, I really do. Rates have topped out. I'm going to tell you what uh, in a minute what Rich Ross has to say about that. Rich Ross is bullish. He's joined us as being very bullish, looking for a major move higher. He also now believes that rates have peaked, right? Um, and now he's maybe even coming around to, to, to our views on oil. We're very bullish on oil. As you know, very bullish on energy stocks, especially and uh, oil and natural gas. This move higher is just beginning because that's the way the left works. They have to have 100-plus barrel oil to make their shit work uh, because it doesn't work any other way. Um, all right, so was I mentioned a minute ago. Well, let's first let's talk about the internals today because, again, yes, uh, Friday was terrible, folks. We had it, uh, but <clears throat> we had it interesting. An 89 on Friday had an 89.7% down volume day on NYSE. Had that been just a hair worse, that would have negated the 92% up volume day we had two weeks ago Wednesday. It's important for technicians, okay? Otherwise, it sounds crazy like crazy talk, doesn't it? But it was good that we didn't finish at 90% down volume. 
but it was still an ugly day. But again, remember, Friday was light volume, right? It's this late, late August summer day. This is when these big moves happen. It shows how little real liquidity there is in the markets when the big boys aren't around to buy and sell. And of course, Jay Powell has picked that day to, 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 to freak out the markets. There, there's no, there are no accidents, folks. He's trying to talk the markets down so he can ramp them higher into the midterms. Just like Biden did with the, with the, the, the College uh, 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 Debt Elimination Act, okay, uh, which is illegal. It will not hold up, hold up at the Supreme Court. It's unconstitutional. But just like they did that to buy votes, they will ramp this market higher into the midterms to buy votes. Mark my words. We've been telling you this for three months, and it's, it's so far it's stood the test of time. We think it's really going to stand test. I got some data in a second to share with you, some analytics that will just blow you away. I, we've been talking about this now for a few days, but I still can't believe how amazing uh, the analytics are that tell us the markets are going higher. It's the best I've seen in my career. It doesn't mean it's going to work, but man, when you have something like 18 for 18 times since 1950, it's held up 100% of the time with these kind of results. Wow. All right, let's keep going here. Uh, so anyway, the internals today, again, Friday was pretty ugly. Could have been a little worse. Thank God it wasn't. But the internals today were not great. But listen, here's the difference. Today, again, with NASDAQ down 124 points, it, uh, NASDAQ down volume was only 58%. That's a big change from the 87% we had on Friday. Uh, NYSE down volume, again, 89.7% on Friday. Today was only 63%. Uh, so again, that's, that's marked improvement, right? Uh, and then uh, advanced decline today was uh, NASDAQ right at 2 to 1 negative. Uh, 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 and we'll call it 2 to 1 negative as well for NYSE. Uh, and finally, again, new 52 to highs to lows. We're starting to see the number grow a little bit. Uh, but still, you know, it was Friday's losses and today's. This is not what it was before, meaning it's better, better, it's better, better news. Uh, 55 stocks in new 52 week high to 366 hitting a new 52-week low. We do want to see those numbers uh, begin to improve there. All right, so let me just tell you what I saw. Run the charts here before we did the podcast. Tyler on the phone talking about it. Every single major index looks very interesting from this point of view. SQ 100, Dow Jones, NASDAQ, Q's, IWM. Okay, NASDAQ and Q's are essentially the same thing. But all of these, right, <clears throat> are all pulling back to the 50-day moving average, thereabouts. Most right at the 50-day. That's good, solid support there. But here's the other thing. Pull up these charts and look at the 50-day and the 100-day, and you'll see what I'm seeing. We have a quickly rising 50-day moving average that is about to cross the 100-day moving averages. And I'm just, I'm just I'm pulling the chart as I talk to you right now. You just take my word for it. On some of these, we're just a couple days away. That's a golden cross-buy signal, and it's happening on every major index in the United States. Getting very close on the Qs, folks. Very close. IWM, small cap, very close. We're talking about a crossover in, in, within a couple days. While they're also at heavily, heavily oversold on stochastics. This is setting us up for some very interesting action to the upside, I believe. Uh, let me tell you, I want to get to the analytics, but first let me tell you what the, uh, what the uh, uh, sectors did today. I'm working on a new system here. Here we go. Sector watch today, not pretty. Nine of 11 sectors finished lower today, led to the downside. 
Nothing huge here. Tech down 1.2%. NASDAQ down 9 cents to 1%. Communication services at 8 cents to 1%. The upside, energy. Again, very bullish in this group. Although it's approaching heavily over, actually, it's approaching extreme robot. It really is. I just don't know if it's going to matter this time. I really don't. This group is so undervalued. Energy stocks I'm talking about. Energy today up 1.5% today. Uh, utilities up a quarter of a percent. Uh, in our commodity watch today, and then I'm going to tell you the really good stuff on these on these analytics. Gold today, only up 40 cents an ounce. Had a little more gain earlier in the day, finishing just slightly higher at 17.50 an ounce. Silver, 18.55. That's down 20 cents an ounce. Copper down at 3.60 a pound, down nine cents a pound. Uh, that's 2.6 percent in copper, but it was a little thin today. And finally, crude oil, again, up 4.2% today, up 3.91 a barrel at 96.97. The, I, I hate to even say this because it's going to sound a little cheesy. Take this to the bank. <laughs> oil prices are going higher. Gas prices are still going higher from where they are now, right? Natural gas today, it's come off the 10 level a little bit, but still $9.26 per, $9.26 per MCF, okay? Folks, oil and gas companies are printing money at $5 an MCF, printing it, and it's almost double that price now. Energy stocks are dirt cheap. Come and join us. We'll show you what we're buying because they're the ones that got to be owned. We love uranium too, by the way. Come and join us at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. Two free weeks. Check it out. Uh, if it's not your cup of tea, hey, thanks for coming by. Um, okay, here's the analytics. I got two pieces, two of them. I've got them memorized. That's how good they are. Going back to 1950, this is the midterm year buy signal. And folks, jot this down, jot it down. I think you're going to be glad you did. Going back to 1950, when the midterm lows are in place, and those take place between August the 14th and September the 4th. So we're right in that window. We're almost out of that window, right? We're there. By the way, September is the worst month of the year, so we got that to deal with, right? Most, most, most market bottoms happen in September, by the way. So anyway... Since 1950, when the midterm lows are in, again, between August 14th and September 4th, that's the, those are the dates. When that happens, the market is then higher 100% of the time. Going back to 1950, 18 for 18, it's happened. 18, 18 times out of 18, the market's been higher. With an average gain, of 32.3%. <laughs> I mean, when you're talking about repeating patterns, high probability repeating patterns, holy crap. That's as good as it gets, folks. Here's the other one. We've been telling you this one now for uh, since the end of the first six months of the year, the first half. When the first half of the year is pathetic and our first half qualified, uh, SP 100 down 21%, top five worst all time, Okay. When you have an awful first half, the second half, going back to the 1930s, has been gangbusters higher. Again, 100% of the time, the markets have been higher with an average six-month gain of 23.7%. So, folks, that's two pieces of gold right there. Really, it is. That's data gold. And uh, you know what? There are, there's no perfection out there. There's never a guarantee but, you know, we take the best tools we can, we can work with and see what they produce. And we, we have to depend on those. We call, you know, we call it repeating patterns. That's a smart money uh, investment to tool right there. And that's what it looks like to us. So we're looking. We are buyers, to be very clear. <laughs> In case you can tell, we are, we are buyers. Rich Ross.
I told you I'd tell what he was saying. I just got this today. Rich Ross is bullish. Very, very bullish. He's a technician at Evercore. Very good, by the way. Looking for a move higher uh, in the SP of 100 to 46.50 by year end. 40, is that by year end? Uh, uh, it's just his target, 46.50, okay? That's 600 points higher from here uh, on the SP of 100. So we're, we're talking about, time one second. 600 points higher from a base of a 40-30. All right, so we're looking at 15% higher is Rich Ross's uh, a signal. And about the same for NASDAQ. Big moves higher. He says a, a bullish head and shoulders bottom. Uh, of course, that's an inverted uh, 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 head and shoulders bottom here that he's, that he's seeing a buy signal on. He also says the 10-year yields have peaked. I think he's exactly right about that, um, and uh, he's bullish on uh, biotech. <laughs> but tech, he's bullish on tech, biotech, the broad markets, and, uh, and, and and he thinks rates are falling. So that fits perfectly with what Jay Powell really knows is happening, which is inflation is going bye-bye. We'll have deflation, folks. Next year, the theme will be disinflation, even deflation next year, certainly from these Lofty levels of inflation, which would be great news for Americans who are getting soaked right now. And they better bring it down because we're talking about a deep recession next year with this level of inflation. Uh, they better get a handle on this. That, of course, is our biggest concern here at the VRA. Um, what else in our commodity watch here? Do we cover everything? Oh, we just didn't cover Bitcoin. Finally today, uh, Bitcoin uh, up 186 at 20175 a Bitcoin. All right, folks, that's it for the day. Always appreciate you listening. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.